When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast following the demolition at Tyne Castle. It's finished Hearts nil, Rangers 4. Two goals from Cholak, a goal from Morelos and a goal from Ryan Kent. Joined today by Marvel's newest superhero, uh, the Human Omelette. How are you doing? Eggy, eggy, eggy. Eggtastic. Care, how are you doing? After the performance I've seen, I'm quite happy. Great, great stuff. Um, yeah, guys, don't forget, as always, please like and subscribe. Um, get all your comments in. We'll bring a few up as, as we go throughout. Um, and as always, we're sponsored by Zenith Coins. R I 10 at the checkout there. You can get some fantastic gear there. So, straight into the game. Um, I mean, we covered a little bit on the on the halftime show that, uh, that you weren't on care, but... I'm busy meeting with Ross. No, that's what I'm saying. We covered a bit that you weren't all on. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, but but I, I tried not to go through it, not sort of piece by piece. So I guess I guess we can sort of start again for you. Um, start off. I mean, it, it's hard to say we start off quite defensively when we score in sort of five minutes. But um, we were a bit, I thought, slack at the start. Uh, Hearts sort of a few scrambles around our area, um, but then we sort of get up the pitch, and yeah, the first first real thing that happens in the game. Uh, a delightful Kent cross and Cholak. I mean, Kent, I think, is good at crossing most of the time. So is this just what he's been missing? Someone like Cholak in the box to, to put these away with a wonderful finish? I think Cholak's movement's really good in there. He knows when the ball's coming. He's, he had a penalty box play. We can see that the way he finishes. And he just, the, like Alan McCoy said in commentaries, it was slightly behind him, but he adjusted his body really quickly and the header was superb because he's, He's has to stick it into a place to get by Craig Gordon. I thought it was a great finish, but he set up, didn't he? He won the ball, he passed it out wide and he made it into the box and he got to end it. So that's a great player he is. And we all know if you get, get, get him from chances, he puts a ball he puts a ball in the net. And that's what, he, that's what we're bottom for. Yeah, you maybe have all things to the game, maybe what he talks about. 
that doesn't bother me. See if he can score his 20 goals a season, which I think he will easily. I think he's a he's a terrific player. You, you need somebody like that up front. You need somebody who's who you can rely on. Maybe have they maybe have only two or three chances a game and they're going to score maybe two or three chances a game because it doesn't really you never really see him missing Saturdays in like do you? He always mm. he's always there and he's get dead composed. Whereas in the second time I've seen Alfie missing when it came across, yeah, it might have been quick come across to him, but he should have done better. But quite puts that in the net because in front of goal, that's that's what he's paid for and that's what he enjoys to do. And that was a great finish. Yeah, and, and Walter seems to be following uh, your sort of uh, tactic here, Ross. Said 2-0, Hearts this day, Gio Sacking. I'm going to predict it every week, hopefully uh, similar to your Matondo prediction. But um, just back to show that there, I mean, you've already mentioned it before. Just unbelievable striker, unbelievable penalty box striker. The day I, I think he showed that he's not just a penalty box striker. I think if you get players up around about him, Stu, he does... He does the, the link-up play, as he showed for his own goal. He, he defends well at corners, which we've missed since Aribo left. And he also was getting involved. He was getting filled just inside their half as well. I think folk are really underestimating how good an all-round striker this guy is when you play in a formation which helps him. And that doesn't mean having two up front. That just means getting players up to support him that he can play off of. I think he's a. I honestly think he's a cracking player. He's he's every bit as good a finisher as Jermaine Defoe was for Rangers. There you go. That's a bold statement, isn't it? I thought you were going to say someone else, and I was just about to, to call you out. But yeah, no, I'll take the five. You said it in the halftime show. It was a very similar sort of uh, finish for the second one. Uh, Fuel on Cage. Thank you very much for the super chat, Antonio Cholak. Better than Jesus Christ. There you go. <laughs> And we'll swiftly move on without any comments. Um, but yeah, Kerry, I mean, just just echoing there what what Ross has said. We've we've been calling out. You know, yeah, it's not just a penalty box striker. He can do other stuff. But we've just been calling out for this guy that when he's in front of goal, the ball's going in the back of the net. Just calling for someone who's very composed, doesn't he panic? Doesn't he maybe? He knows if he needs to take a second touch. He knows if he has to hit it first time. He positions his body before the ball gets to him. He's he's just so composed, and that's what that's what we like. Yeah, and people talk about Morelos, who maybe has other attributes to his game, but in the squad now, Jolak's the best finisher we have. So if he's banging the goals in, he stays where exactly where he is, and he stays starting every game. Doesn't matter who we're playing, because. Sometimes against the European games, maybe we'll get one or two chances, but if he's in the box, he's going to finish it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, and, and again, Ross, we, I mean, we've already touched on a few of the, the, the things in the first half, but um, we'll just sort of skip forward a little bit to, to you know, while we're on Cholak, I guess we'll, we'll just go back into that second goal again. Um, Rabin Matondo, you know, he's he was a bit quiet, I think, throughout the game. Um, but the first time with that wonderful ball out from, from Lindstrom, Takes the ball down really well. First time he's really one on one with a guy and actually comes inside, which surprised me. Um, little reverse pass, and and then like you said, that sort of Defoe run from from Cholak and, and and the finish, and again, and it just you know echoes it like what Cholak was doing today. I think just from winning the ball back to linking the play to finishing the the chances, he was just man of match for me. I don't know about you. That for me is just why I'm a tactical masterclass because I did say to you before the game they would be encouraged to go in we could get our wingers wide and it does it stops people from doubling up on them 
I did say if if he tweaks it to make the two sitters more coverers to allow the back the wing backs to go forward, I think that's what we have seen today. It allowed Kent a wee bit more space, it allowed Matondo a bit of space, and it gave Matondo space on the inside. Um his first touch was outstanding. The ball for Lundstrom was unbelievable. Can we clean this up as well? Because we both originally thought it was Davis, right? Aldo said it's Davis as well. The commentary said Lundstrom, but it did come from that sort of left centre back position. Was, I haven't actually left back. It was Lundstrom, mate. Who it was Lundstrom. Dropped, who had dropped in. That's, yeah. what, that's, that's what the commentary did say, but I, I originally, Aldo, I did think it was Davis as well. Lundstrom pings it forward. Great touch. And as I say, the thing is, Cholak points one side of the defender and then runs the other. So he knows it's coming round. The ball's going to come round in front of the defender and he's running blindside. Um, and then once he gets in, as I say, you've got big gangly, big stretch Armstrong in goals and he spreads himself well. But Cholak's got that natural finishing ability just to give it a wee bit of lift so it goes over his trailing leg. I thought it was an outstanding goal. But that's that shows that you don't have to do this horseshoe. You can go route one and it can work if you've got space for the players to play the way they can. Yeah, and I mean, Nicholas Moore was saying Matondo had a good game. I mean, listen, I don't think anyone really had a bad game. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise. I don't want to sit here and be negative either. But um, I just think in the first half, I thought both our wide players maybe weren't doing enough, but then Matondo creates, you know, they both create the big moments of the half. So you can't really complain with that. Wingers, you know, notoriously just show up in moments in games and, and Matondo did that. So as long as he carries on doing that, I think everyone will be pretty happy. Um, Kerr, the next talking point in the half moving on is, you know, a bit of a, a shocker, to be honest. Uh, and I don't know if it's um, actually, I'll give you that one. Well, uh, yeah, that, that was, um, that was pretty, Arthur was pretty poor today, I thought, but we'll, um, we will touch on Arthur a bit later. Um, yes, yeah, so Kerr, I mean, I don't, I don't want to overdo this, but this was generally, I thought, one of the worst challenges I've seen in recent times. Um, ball over by the halfway line. Matondo sort of shielding it, doing quite well against Cochrane. And then it's almost like you just see the cogs working in, in Devlin's head. And then once he's going, you almost know what's going to happen. Um, and it's just a shocking stamp. Could have could have broke the boy's ankle and, and a straight red card. What did you think of it? No, it was shocking. It was a straight red card. And these are the kind of things Cammy Devlin's got in his game. He has to get that away from his because it was a pointless tackle. Matondo's going nowhere. He's standing still facing the stand the stand the Hearts fans are in. I mean, Cochrane's behind him. She's not going anywhere. So why do you have to go in like that? Just, if you're going to go over, just go over to protect it as well so he doesn't get the ball out. But that was a pointless tackle. And if I had came for Rangers player, people would have been talking about it in the media. But no, he deserved a red card. And I know he was getting a bit of abuse after that, Matondo. But... At first, I thought he's not going to stay on because I thought it was quite hard on his ankle. But thankfully, I get back up and they continue to play. But that no, was a shocking challenge. Yeah, Ross, I mean, we spoke about it a little bit at half time. But, and I think you, you yourself said yeah, this is the sort of challenge you're expecting the, the anonymous uh, compliance offer to, to actually come in and, and maybe hand out an extra ban on that one. Yeah, I, I think that those, those tackles where people lunge in to try and win the ball and mistime it and it gets them a three-match ban for endangering an opponent or using excessive force. But I think there's a difference between somebody going in for a tackle and doing that and somebody running 15 yards at full pelt so they've got the full weight of their body's momentum and then not even looking for it, but just stamping. It was like a blatant stamp. It wasn't even as if he went in for the tackle 
he studs up. It was a stamp right on the side of his foot, um, twisting his ankle in the way. And that's that for me. That is worthy of more than a three-game ban because he's actually in his head made a decision whether it's a yeah. split second red mist descending or however you want to put it. He's made a decision and he said that I'm going to go in and do him and that's what he's done. So that for me becomes a, it's more an assault than anything else, uh, and I think that should be punishing. That should be punished by a longer, a longer ban. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm seeing it in other countries. Um, I sort of think back to, I think it was it was either Russia. I'm not even been when Witzel was in the the Belgian league. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember seeing this, but as a, he's, he's sort of like two legged stamped on the guy, sort of snapped his leg in half. And I think he got like a ten game ban. I'm not saying this is a ten game ban, but it should it's definitely worthy of being looked at for, for longer because it's purely endangering an opponent. Um, David, game would have been perfect for me. We will come back to this because this is something I do want to bring up as we go sort of through the second half. Um, and I just saw one from Nicholas Kerr that I wanted to bring to you. Why was Gio talking to him? Now, this is I didn't notice this until we saw a sort of a replay at halftime, but he sort of had both hands on, on Devlin's head and, and almost sort of, I don't know if he was comforting him or something, because Devlin was sort of nodding his head like in agreement. Um, did, you, did you see that? What did you make of that? It's just sometimes you manage to do that in his headline just to say, listen to the dead tackle, just on you go off the part. I don't know what he said to him actually, so... I don't know, maybe should I just stayed out of it, but maybe Cammy Devlin should do something over, maybe Gio should do something to him, but sometimes just stay away from things like that, do you know what I mean? But, and he, at the moment, they were quite close together, the managers, because I've seen him and Robin Nielsen talking as well, so to be honest with you, I don't think anybody can argue it was the red card, if they do, then they need to watch back and see it again, because it was a shocking challenge. Yeah, and, and I'm just trying to sort of keep an eye on any... Um sort of press conference that comes on press conference but presser that comes in from the guys because I want to see what Robbie Nielsen does say about that I can't say I can't see him having um, any arguments with it I think even Lee McCulloch um, sort of t- sort of made the, the comment to him that it was a shocker um, and then right on half time Ross again something we touched on a little bit but um, the, the Gordon sort of fumbles a, a cross ball um, clatters into Matondo and, and, and Arfield who at that point hadn't done much right Come, compose, finish to just tap the ball into the net. I'm thinking three nil, and then all of a sudden we're lining up for for a free kick to Hearts. What did you think? Stupid goalies in it. They have goalies too much protection. <laughs> nice. As I said to you at half time, Craig Gordon's clearly missed the flight of the ball because he's not even came to punch it. He's it's a flat palm. I don't know what he was he was up to, and mm. he's not even looking for a foul. He knows he's made an arse of it. Uh, and I think that's the that's a telling factor in it is the fact he's not even looking for a foul. He's looking like I've made a balls up with this. Yeah. And then same keeper that it, also tried to claim a you know a fake handball in the cup final, not even looking for a foul this time. So yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, so and um, he'll know in himself that he, he's made a balls up here, but for whatever reason. Steve McLean decided to give a foul against them. If anything, it was a penalty for the way he absolutely yeah. bashed Matondo, to be honest. It's one of the Scottish officials again, in it? I think yeah. John, Robert, John Robertson said at half-time, uh, these are the type of damage that the VAR comes in, that will overturn it. Because he said it was a, he said it was a perfectly go, uh, given goal, so he said that um, there was no foul at all, and that was coming for John Robertson, so he's right. He just lost the flight of the ball. I don't know what he was doing. And Matondo wasn't even looking at him. And he fell into the vacuum. So 
Like Ross says, goalkeepers get protected sometimes too much. Yeah, and um, that's hopefully sort of the thing that VAR is, is going to solve. I just wanted to bring up quickly, um, so they, they've had a quick comment from Gio. Um, he said, we started really well. First two goals made it easy for us because they had to come out. After the red card, we controlled the game, scored two more. Overall, really happy with three points, four goals and a clean sheet. On Cholak, he said his performance today was really good. Another two goals for him. Really positive that Morelos and Kent scored because we need goals from all over the team. On the red card, he said, I really like Cammy Devlin as a player. I told him he doesn't need to make tackles like this. What do you, what do you think of that, Kerr? Fine by me. No, he's saying everything. Everything's positive, so <laughs> he can't really say much more, can he? Four goals, clean sheet and three points. Would I, would I took that before the match. And what you say to Camadev, but what you say to Camadev, what you say to Camadev, one, it's just these guys can some of these times these guys know each other. He's maybe just giving the boy a bit of praise. He's well, he's a young lad, but he's played in the SPL for a while now. So, but he's got that in his game. It's only the first time he's jumped into tackles. No, no, definitely not. And um, so we go in half time then, two nil up, down to ten men. We're, we're hoping for a for a nice uh, nice easy ride then, and I think that's what we we did get. Just for a touch on the subs. Ross, um, something you brought up sort of after uh, we finished up the, the pre-match pod. No Glenn Kamara in the squad at all. What uh, when, when you actually thought back to because I didn't even realise, I didn't even think about it, but what did you think after that when you when you realised he wasn't there? It's just strange, isn't it? It is strange. Uh, no Charlie McCann in the squad. He's not in the B-team squad today either. So has he got an injury? Is that Pinocchio telling his lies again? that there's no more injury updates because or is he now just classed as a first-team player and him and Kamara have not been chosen? Thanks very much, Nicole. Um, have, they just, have they just not been chosen for the... I'll leave that one here as well. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, I, I don't... What's the script with Kamara? What's happening with him? The last time we've seen him, he got hung out to dry playing in the 10 position and now he's bombed out the squad altogether. There's a lot of mad... There's a lot of mad stuff happening. And don't get me wrong, as I say, I said last night, I'm no negative towards Gio. I like Gio. There's something about him I like. But he just had to get that tweak right in the day I think he did. Um, but the Kamara thing is weird because the guy's got, what, two and a half years left on his contract. So it's not as if he's running down a contract. And if he's no playing, you would think that would, depreciate his value. So I don't know what the script to that is. Is it maybe something to do with the, the racial abuse he got when he was playing with Finland again? Is his head maybe no in it? That could be a that could be an issue. But it, it was it was definitely interesting. You just it's one of the ones you just expect his name to be on the team sheet and it wasn't until I kinda of looked at it off air that I had a wee look <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I had a wee look and thought, hmm, no Glenn Kamara, that's strange. Yeah, I mean, can't, I mean, someone has brought up as well what, what Ross just said there. It could have been the issues that, that Finland yeah. have mentioned. I, I don't think it's going any further, but it seems to, you know, they're pretty confident that it happened. Um, and I don't think we'd have any reason to doubt it. But are you still surprised maybe not to see him there? Because with, with Liverpool coming up, you know, Kamara is, you know, someone that, that is trusted a lot of the time in these European games. To be honest with you, I'm not surprised, no. Uh, I don't think he's been playing well enough and so he probably, if he's maybe been a squad, but he wouldn't be starting for me. But I think just his issues off the part have maybe been troubling more than me, you know. And I don't know if he maybe got an extra day or two off as well after the thing on international duty. I'm not sure. But 
I think there's more issues than just that right enough for Glenn this season. He just doesn't seem the Glenn Kamara we know. And I don't know maybe if he's regrets signing a new deal. I don't know if he maybe wants away for a personal uh, or maybe if he's just going through something. It's uh, personal stuff and that's why he's not really been playing that well this season. I don't really know what he wants for you. I just feel there's something there. If he can get back to where he was, then we obviously want him, we'll want him to play with Rangers. But I've heard other issues then. I think he's probably better being away for the team until he can fix these issues out. But I don't think the way he's playing, he deserves to be anywhere near the first team squad. No, I mean, someone just pointed out a very good point here as well. As you know, Kamara was, was sort of off the scene prior to the PSV game and, and, and come back and, and was absolutely excellent there. Um, so just back to the game then, Ross. Uh, Half time. Stephen Davis and James Sands come on for Ryan Jack and Ben Davis, who I have to say, I thought Ben Davis was really, really good in the first half. Um, did everything he needed to do, looked pretty good on the ball as well. So, a um, bit of a surprise to sort of see him taken off that early and not get sort of 60, 70 minutes. You just hope that he's took him off because he was on a booking. They're mm. down to 10 men, there's no really any risk. You hope it's no anything to do with his injury and a recurrence of that because he was he was solid again my issue is when you're taking him off they're down to 10 minutes the perfect time to give Leon King 45 minutes in his natural position when you know you're going to control the ball for the second half so that there's so many mixed messages come at the club about player pathways and again the day his pathway into a more first team minutes is is hampered by playing James Sands and uh, that that to me I hope that's a sign that Ben Davies was more the booking due to an injury because obviously Sands can't play on Tuesday night so I hope yep. that King would have got forty five minutes. Yeah, okay. I mean, is that is that a case of you know Sands is, is suspended and and we didn't want to risk bringing Leon King on and and, and losing. Another centre back, particularly um, someone in the group chat mentioned, you know, he might still have had a niggle from international duty, which I don't know why he'd be on the bench if he did. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I agree, with Ross. I don't see why why King's not been brought on in that situation because you know you, you as well as Sands has done, and I do like Sands. You're you're still putting him out of position at centre back, and it almost you know we we, we potentially bring Ben Davis off because he's on a yellow card. Sands almost, I mean, it wasn't a foul in my opinion, but you know. If Shanklin goes down when he sort of tugs him back with that long ball from Gordon, he could be walking. Do you know what I mean? Like he yeah. sort of gets caught out a lot from from that sort of situation. So, were you maybe surprised as well that, that King didn't come on? Yeah, I thought if he took Ben off, he should have brought Leon on. But I thought Ben played well. I thought he gives a better. I thought he looked better when Ben's there because he's left sided. We've got a better shape about us. I thought he played really well. To be honest with you, but you've noticed that see when James is playing at centre back, Bonner never talks in enough for me. Mm. And always leaves James Sands one and one done. And I don't think Sands has got the he's not the fastest, so and he does pull a lot with his arms and his hands and he's lucky been lucky a few times, but unless Gio's just automatically thought now that like, James Sands isn't a defensive mid, he's one of my centre backs. Unless that's the route Gio's going, he just feels well if Ben's I'm keeping Ben for midweek, so I'll bring in James because he's the other boy I like to bring in, I don't know. But I'd like to see Leon Quan at half time. So I would have so, and I thought that I've changed Ryan Jack. I thought Ryan Jack played okay, but maybe it's just too much football, and maybe I just saving him for midweek as well. Looked as if yep. he was struggling at the end of the half. Ryan Jack mm, pulled yeah, up a bit. Did pull up, aye. He did, aye. He did pull up. That's the last yep. thing we need. 
Yeah, especially I mean, he's just said he felt fully fit and he's you know he's felt the best in years, so it'd be a bit of a worry if it if it's happened again. Um, so we start the second half for us, and I think you know I'm not I, I don't want to like act like I'm going to be all negative here, right? Because I think we didn't <laughs> we didn't start the second half that well in my opinion. I think we ended the second half really well and we looked very good. However, I'm going to touch on the negative things first, then I promise when it comes to the positives. 48 minutes, Hearts get a corner. Now they've got 10 men, right? They whip a corner in, and Halliday is completely unmarked and heads wide. Why can't we mark people from corners? But if you watch the replay, so he was marked. He was marked by James Tavernier, who Andy Halliday just upped his run, and Tavernier sprinted away past him and left Halliday, who is, what, five foot nine or something, in the middle of the box himself. They never scored, Stu. I'm going to be positive because I'm getting called out for my bullshit. So I'm telling you, they never scored and that's because Tavernier read the situation. He thought, got a, he got a box of quality street, so let's just leave it there. So in a positive way, it was actually great defending with Tavernier because he bought us a good pick rather than risking it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Um, so we, we move on a little bit, Care. Um, I thought, you know, we were sort of just maybe, I mean, it might have been Geo's tactics. We might have just been waiting for Hearts to tire a little bit because they even with 10 men, I thought they, they tried to ramp up a little bit. Um, and maybe that was the plan to just sort of pass them out and, until, you know, we could then make it count with the, the quality that we have. Um and around the hour mark, we, we do start doing that just after the sort of sound instance with Shanklin, which, as I say, I don't think there was anything in it. But I think if Shanklin does go down, he potentially gives the ref a decision to make. But um, Morelos gets the ball out wide from, from Matondo on the break. I said, as soon as he gets this, I, I said to my missus straight away, I was like, he'll shoot it. Like, just like four people in the box, he'll shoot it. And he shoots wide. Um, can, can you blame him for that, though? Is, you know... A striker wants goals, right? And and as much as I want my players to link up in the box and, and have a tap in every day of the week, you, you can't begrudge a guy shooting when he's in the box. Listen, we've seen Alfred Wade a few times in the usual shoots, don't he? And 90% of the time, it doesn't even go anywhere near the goal. We've seen him hit the goal a couple of times, but he's just on it. He just wants to try a shot. But I thought he actually knocked you when he came in. I thought he linked up well. I thought his movement was good. He took his goal really well. He did miss one at the end, which he should have scored. But I thought he... He played well when he came on. I thought he looked a bit of fire back in his belly, which he's been missing, but he's probably frustrated. Not getting game time, he probably knows he's never he's not going to start because the boy in front of him scoring goals, eh, Mr. Clark. So I think he knows he needs to perform to even get anywhere near come on as a sub. But no, I was happy he came on and done well and scored. Yeah, and, and Ross, I mean, I just want to, a few people in the comments saying Boyd thinks we're going to go to a back three against Liverpool, and a lot of people sort of agree that that could be a, a great chance to get um, <clears throat> Cholak and Relos in together. Surely today, against 10 men, if you're playing Cholak and Relos together, today is the day that you give it a go. If we go five at the back v Liverpool, we are going 4 5 1, uh, 5 4 1, sorry, don't kid yourself. There's absolutely no danger he's going to go two up top against Liverpool at Anfield. When he looked at you as if, in the interview, when he was asked about the two of them playing together, he looked at the interview as if he had two heads. It's no <laughs> game. It's no well, game, mate. It's no. Um, we could. We've done, the, we've done the old back three thing a few times in Europe. I think we've actually done it in the league a couple of times as well. And, mm. and it's never led to us playing two up front. No. What it, what it leads to is 
three sitters and then your one in front run on two sitters we play with three so I, I nah I, I, as much as listen as much as I hate being branded the negative one I don't I would say that's a negative there's no chance he'll play two up front against Liverpool no yeah. chance he'll play Morelos but before yeah I was about to say, yeah, I, I think if, if anything, Morelos has probably got more of a chance in this game. Um, you know, I, I get the form, I get Cholak is, is our goal scorer, but I don't think we're going to create that many chances. And Morelos is going to be that guy that can link the play there. But then for Morelos to link the play, you're going to need the, the and I can see Ross's face. Because today, yeah, because today Cholak was linking the play, I get that. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, it's, back to, it's back to Chris Boyd and Kane Amala situation, isn't it? Years ago, or even like when no. we brought in that. No. <laughs> very not. similar to us as Kane you was... you're... Chris Boyd never done any of the stuff Cholak does apart from putting the ball in the net. Cholak does, Cholak does the pressing, Cholak does the linking up. See if you get players up next to him, he'll do it the same as Morelos. And Walter always played Kane Amala in games he thought we were going to be under the cosh more, and then games we thought he would score goals, we play. And I think Gio might go with that goal. I could score goals, but in other games, seen it against Napoli, he went with, he went with Alfie. Yeah. Users just said there, you've contradicted yourselves, all right? Because he's just said there, you're not going to get many chances. Cholak had two chances a day two touches in the opposition box, two shots on target, two goals. I know, but Marellos, you know, you know Mar- what I mean? Mar- I, I don't. If you're only getting two chances, who do you want on? Who do you want in the box? Do you want Cholak hitting them or do you want Morelos hitting them? Of course, you want Cholak in that in that situation. Well, I'm just but... going with I'm just going with me. That's my deal. Uh, thanks. And yeah. another manager I've done it in the past as well. They'll go with somebody who can do different th- have different attributes to their game. I think with when we're out of possession for long periods of time, I think Morelos is that guy that at least in Gio's mind is going to help get us up the pitch. And I don't think. Uh, with Cholak, it, it would be as easy as, as it would be. And it might be completely wrong. You might play Morelos and he might be awful at it. And, and you might play Cholak and he might be great. We don't know. But I think from Gio's thinking, it, it would be Morelos in the European games, especially against teams like Liverpool. Um, but it's not the Liverpool pod, so so we'll come back to, to Hearts for, for a second. <laughs> um, so 75 minutes, 15 minutes to go. We're still 2-0. And, I, and I'm, I was a bit frustrated at this point because I thought it was a chance for us to go and sort of show ourselves and, and get some goals. And then thankfully he did. But just before that, okay, um, Tav started to get a lot further forward, I noticed, than he did in the yeah. first. I mean, by the end, he was almost a striker. He was literally just hanging about, waiting for a goal. Um, but a, a little dink cross to the back post. Kent comes across with a header. Tillman just can't adjust his body to sort of get it in. But we, we sort of recycled the ball after that, back into the box. Um, and Tabs again, is there just playing as a forward. But um, a nice little touch off to Morelos and an emphatic finish. It was a really good finish, but I thought Tav might have hit it. I thought it sat for him really good to hit, but he obviously pulled it back into Alfie, who just smacked it in the net. But Tav was getting forward more in the second half, and I like him up there. Because he does cause issues, he causes problems, and he, he links up the play well, and then he, he he can score as well. So I like him for up the part, Tav, in here. But I, th- I thought Alfie deserved his goal when he came on, and I thought it went with Ryan Kane. I thought Tillman just missed it, because I don't know if Craig Gordon got a slight touch to it. Yeah, might have, might have, yeah. Yeah, and, and Ross, I mean, Alfie, you know, we, we he's obviously had his issues, but he come back, he looked like he wanted it today, he looked like he was more of a team player today. Um, and, and if you get in that Morelos, and, you know, we've got two great strikers. He needed, he needed a goal. He needed a goal because he's out in the cold. He, he needed to get a goal 
and the the goal he scored was just a cracking look Morelos finish, smashed it, goalie no chance. And that that's what Morelos can do. He said he said three chances, one miles away, two one one by one he's screwed by the post, you already spoke about the one in the last minute, he's four yards out and puts it by the post and the one he smashes in. So it just depends what you're looking for in your striker. If you're looking for a one and three man or a two and two man, it just depends what you're looking to play. Yeah, I mean, Kez, it's you know, it's always good to have options, isn't it? It's always good to have different options. You know, they give you different things. You know, Morelos isn't going to score the goals that Chodak scores, but he's he's going to give you different options. Um, Kez, I mean, I don't know. Do you know why Morelos hates Hearts? Have you got any clue why he just really doesn't like him? Ten and nine against them now. Oh my God, a clue sometimes you just score against teams, don't you? And you see when he was celebrating, when he was scored, he was, celeb- he was quite angry when he was celebrating, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> and yeah, it was just frustration, but I don't have a clue. Maybe he gets abuse. I've not got a clue. A clue. Maybe, I don't know who he gets abuse from. I don't know if he gets it for Rangers fans or for Hearts fans, but no, uh, I just think he done me all day, but he, he needed a goal, didn't he? You can see he needed a goal because I think that was more a relief off his own back and it was anything else. And he has to put in performances now because he's been through the media in a few weeks with his off-the-field stuff and the stuff with Gio saying he's slacking here and no interested and stuff like that. So he has to start putting in performances because at the end of the day, we're paying him a lot of money. We don't pay him a lot of money to sit in the stand or sit in the bench. We pay him a lot of money to perform him in the park. So he has to start pulling his weight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I've got so much more I want to cover with, with all of the players, really. But... I did. I did just have to. I had to write this one down because just just after the goal, Ross um, ball into the middle of the pitch. It's a bit. It's a bit loose. It's a bit short. Uh, Peter Herring comes flying into a challenge, and uh, John Lundstrom sort of proving why he's the silky scouser does a lovely little dink over the top of him, and then a, a ridiculous black black hill back hill, um, and just you know what a man, eh? What a man. Lundstrom is great, but. It's easy to turn it on the second half against the Hearts <laughs> team that are down to 10 men, mate, who have been chasing the ball. So, listen, positivity ripping right at me. I hope that this is the kickoff to us now going on a run where we can perform like that week after week after week. Uh, I did say last night on the pod, I think this was our hardest game between now and the World Cup, and that's given the Champions League is. It's gimmicks, yeah. what happens in them, yeah. happens in them. You're not expected to do anything. So, we've put ourselves in a position now where see if we can keep up that standard. I'm looking at us going on an unbeaten run between now and the World Cup. If we play like that every week and find our consistency, like name error, that's just sitting back. See if we play the two sitters, play the two sitters. But Tav and Bonner, I've got the brakes off. And Bonner's another one we could we could touch on because you've got a £5 million player sitting on the bench. We will. Um, so, right, that's good. So, hopefully we've turned... It's uh, smoke my draw, says in the comments. Hopefully that's... That is the, the tweak. The tweak that I've been calling for. I say video analysis. Watch it. Find out where we're gone wrong and what we can do better. The horseshoe's not working, so find something different. And I don't think there was much horseshoe in the day. No, no, and and I think we've mentioned in previous pods as well, you know, going back isn't always a problem. You know, you can go back to go forward. We've seen other teams do it. It creates more space if you move the ball quickly, which I did think we did in the second half, albeit against 10 men. 
Um, it cre- there, there was one time where we were so far up the pitch and all of a sudden we started going back and I was thinking, here we go. But then it was two touches in defence and it was over to the other side of the pitch and all of a sudden we're, we're backing over the other side of the pitch. Don't have a problem with that. Um, so just, just before we sort of go into to anything else, and we, we'll just finish the match off itself. Uh, care. Stoppage time, ball out to Kent, um, gets into the box. Lovely little chop back that I haven't seen him do in a long time, to be honest. Um, completely leaves the defender and then a wonderful finish from a guy that I always complain about can't finish, but a wonderful finish into into the far corner, giving Gordon no chance. I think that's Ryan Kemp, you know, but I think it's a Ryan Kemp we don't see a lot of. I think his confidence is very low at the moment. I don't, don't know the reasons for it, but the assist today and the goal today, hopefully that can give him some confidence back. It, he starts performing better because we know what he can offer, but the problem is he doesn't offer it enough. And he has to do more of this because... We need him playing like that. We kind of have him playing games where he's hiding, which he didn't do today, Stuart, to be honest with you. I thought, I've all stuck up from him in the past and he doesn't hide, but I thought he has in the last few games, but I thought today he didn't. But when him and Borner play well, we the te- we, play, we play better as a team as well. When Borner's further up the park beside him, and when Tav's up the park on our side, I think we play better. So hopefully that Ryan's back uh, back on a wee better for him because we need him playing well. I mean, he's one of our best better players than he does and he's... He's the only guy in the team sometimes that can do certain things in the park that others can't. So hopefully that gives me a bit. I said, hopefully that's his catalyst on him, better performances. But time will tell. But it was good to see him scoring, especially that's his first goal since the last year, which yeah, is an awful start. But hopefully he scores again before next year. Yeah, um, and Ross, I mean, just, just staying on Kent then. Um, I think a few people have, you know, we've got this, he's not signed a new deal. I'm hoping he does because if, he, if he's going to play that, you know, you can think what you want about his performance then. I know a lot of fans are sort of a bit split on whether he had a good game. You know, at the end of the day, he's got an assist and he's got a goal. If he has a bad game and, and pulls out numbers, I don't care. It's, you know, that's what we want from him. Um, but it, it was more like the old Ryan Kent. You don't need to have a good game to not hide, to always want the ball, to, to track back and, and, and win balls back. That's, that's what we need from our players. I think um, Kent, Today, it's came off with a goal and an assist, but I don't think he was particularly great again. He's finish again. We know he can do that. Off the top of my head, I can think of a goal, a goal against Aberdeen where he cut in for the right, bent it, posted in. He stood it against Indy United and Motherwell as well. Kent is, at times, a finisher, but he's just mm. no, it's not often enough. And again, similar to the Matondo one, I was having a, a back and forward with my mate Mumphy on Twitter, who I know sometimes watches, and, and he had put on Kent's being outstanding today. And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, you're the kind of guy that thinks Ted Bundy should be admired because he was a statistician on how he went about the place. He sees the good in everything. And I'm like, ah, listen, he's no being great. But then, it's see that goal he scored? I want him doing that late on in a game when they've got 11 men and we're, we're 1-0 up and we need another goal. I want them doing it then, not 3-0 when they're doing to 10 men tiring and the, and the game's already away, so there's no pressure on them. I want them doing that in the high-pressure moments for what we know he can do. So hopefully that gives them the confidence that he required because he's been low on confidence. I think that's fair to say for anybody. But again, it's another one hopefully the tweak in the formation is going to free him up a bit. He's not going to get doubled up on anymore and, and it'll allow him to to get back to the Ryan Kent that 
we know that is in there. As I say, I'm, 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 I'm his biggest fan. But I can also admit when he's been off the boil for the last 12 months. So hopefully this is him starting to step back into the the, the, the player we know he can be. Yeah, I mean, Kurt, <clears throat> this this is the beauty of football, right? So we're, with opinions and now everyone watches the game and everyone sees it differently. You know, Matondo and Kent both poor today. You know, I've seen loads of people say Matondo had a great game. Loads of people say they didn't think he was good. Loads of people say Kent had a poor game. Loads of people say Kent had an excellent game. You know, it's that, that's the beauty of football. Um, but but just sticking with Ryan Kent, I mean, he he, we know how much talent he has, and especially when we're going to go to someone like Liverpool and play at Anfield on the break, he is going to be pivotal, and and maybe even Matondo if Matondo plays because he's got that electric pace. So. How important is it, A, that we get Kent back up to, to what he can be and, and B, off the back of that, how important is it that he, he sort of commits his future in, in a way, like whether, whether that's staying or going, just just something. Because I think we saw it with Goldson last season where it almost looked like it played on his mind a lot that, that, that the contract was coming to an end and he was getting asked every interview about it. Um, Kent's not being asked about it just yet, but can that have an impact on him? Usually football players put that to the back of their mind and they get their agents deal with that. But that's up to the club. To, if a club can't get them committed, then we either keep them at the end of the season let them go for free or we hope he'll send a deal at the end of the season and the goals and then. But to me, the issue shouldn't be if he's sending you a deal or not. If Ryan Kent is playing well that he plays, it's the issue is getting Ryan's confidence back and getting him playing well. If he doesn't play well and his performances keep going down, then... You have to look at maybe the amount of the lineup, but if he continues to play, if he can improve on today's performance, put it that way, then you keep him on the side because we know what Ryan Kent can offer, but we also know what Ryan Kent doesn't offer at times. So, but the issue that the contract doesn't bother me, it's just football at the end of the day. And if he doesn't sign, he doesn't sign, but if he's playing well, you play him, yeah. And, and... Ross, I mean, just just then switching to the other flank on on, on the other guy that's sort of uh, a bit fifty fifty with the fans at the moment. Um, you know, this this is something I keep saying with Matondo as well. We we have got to remember. I think he's just turned twenty two. You know, that there's plenty more to come from him. I think personally, you can see that he's got something. Um, whether or not it's shown right now, you know, that's that's up to debate. But I think we don't. I know we keep going on about how we shouldn't really be going for all these projects at this time, but. I think he is a bit of a project, but one that, that could sort of reap the benefits if we stick with it. I think he, I've said before, I think he is a, a player. I think there, there's obviously a player in there. Players don't go for uh, big money moves at such a young age if there's no a talent there. He's, by all accounts, he seems to be a left winger who cuts in on his mm-hmm. right. So is he, this year, is he the... The parachute when Kent leaves next year, will he go to the left? Is this his bed in India? And that's that is the project. Is is that the and we never expected to have to play him as much, but because we've got Nabe really on the right, um he's being forced to be played because we've spent a bit of money on him, there's a bit of pressure to to play him in there. Because if Kent isn't gonna sign a contract and you would think if he was, it would be done by now because he was very willing to to come here. He pushed through the move for Liverpool mm. to get here full time himself. 
I think there's a chance that Matondo could be your first choice left winger as of January because I don't think we'll allow the Goldson situation to come up again. And I think if Kent hasn't signed on by January, we'll sell him for a nominal fee probably. Yeah, that's and I was but it's perfect segue, Ross. So thank you for that. Um, I was going to come on to this, uh, care because you know, like like Ross said, I don't think we can afford to to really lose, especially with what the the club have sort of been sort of making um rumors, making um whispers about with with the money situation, and and we haven't made as much as maybe people think we have. We we can't really afford to lose players like Kent for absolutely nothing, but that equally. We've got Alfredo Morelos, who is also a massive player for us and one that I think would be very hard to replace. Although we haven't had the best Alfredo Morelos in a while, the best Alfredo Morelos is ridiculously hard to replace. So we've got two players coming up to the end of a contract now. What what do you think we do in January if they both haven't signed? You can only sell up if one, somebody wants to buy them and two, if they want to go, if they two of them dig their heels in and say, no, I'll wait until end. I'll sign a pre-contract with somebody, but stay until the end of the season. So they get the sign on fee for themselves and the club gets nothing. You can't force somebody to leave. They're in the contract. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be a tough situation and it come January it could be cause issues, but it's that's what Ross Wilson's there for and the club's the board are there for. Neither offer him a new deal and say sign it up if you don't want to sign it then we want to sell you in January, but let's see he could he could say no I'm staying here until the end of the season because I want to go a, I've got A, B and C after me and I'm going to say I want a name and they get the full package to themselves so sometimes the players have more power than the clubs do because you can't force somebody out the door Yeah sort of echoing those those sentiments Ross um, did you see someone say that they actually want you as our, our next manager just so you know so that's that's Jason Kerr and Ali McCann confirmed the start of the Rangers <laughs> every week Um. I, I would uh, listen. I would. It would take a decent contract to get me away from my current <laughs> role uh, in charge of the B team for some team in the third division on football manager. But um, I reckon that there's got to be Goldson last year kind of broke the mould because generally when a player runs his contract down, he's going to go. I don't think we can afford to take that risk. Um, and I think looking at the Premier League and even the Championship, come January, if you can get a Morelos or a Kent on a pre-contract, Rangers would then go to the negotiating table and say, look, you're getting them next year, but could you not be doing well for six months and take a nominal fee? That, that then gets them off the wage bill and allows us to go and get somebody on a, a pre-contract or on a January signing for that progression piece. There's all sorts of, all sorts of connotations that as Kerr says, you can't force somebody to go, you've gave them a contract that's ironclad. We've seen it happening at other clubs all over the place. Obviously, you look at players, Bobo Baldi, 40 grand a week at Celtic, sitting and sat in the stands for a season because he wouldn't go, he's, he's under contract. And I, the issue as well is what kind of wages they're on here and what kind of wages mm. they would get at another club. Because another club might not want to share out that signing on fee and then have to take over their wages six months early. There's, there's, it's, it's one of the things that unless you're Ross Wilson or Van Bronckhurst or that 
that panel who make up our transfer dealing team, then nobody really knows who's interested. I would imagine Kent and that will know what their options are already because although tapping up shouldn't be happening, agents talk to clubs, that happens. Agents will put the feelers out. You'll probably find the feelers have been out for the tour for the last 18 months to see what they can get and who's interested and is it worth signing another contract. So it's it's up to the players because they're under a contract. But for me, I would be actively trying to recoup some of the money and save the transfer fee if they sign pre-contracts in January and they're mirrorless seen out six months trying to avoid injury because they know they've got a new club to go to for pre-season. That six-month loss could be different, but they get they either leave with a fee and get two hundred and fifty grand signing fee, or they leave at the end of the season as a freebie mm. and get a million pounds signing fee. That's what that's what the football players think about. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's their own personal interest. It's not to do with the club, not to do with us. It's what they do for themselves. But I also think if you're going to get a day to them, I think Kane or more suitors than Mariel also. Yeah, I think. I, Especially for, for the, the sort of premiership sides that may be faced with relegation, I think it's always going to depend on where Leeds are because they always seem to be linked with a with a move for Kent. But um, yeah, these these teams sort of panic, don't they? And they'll pull the trigger if, if they think they need to, which could work in our favour, could bring in more money. Um, so just back to sort of Geo and, and and the game today. Then um, Ross, we had late on another substitution, and it's Fashion Sakala coming on. And I've just seen that Brighton have gone two up against Liverpool. So uh, there you go. Gonna um, Plenty of chances for us at Anfield, although Brighton are a very good side as well. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> Fashion Sakala comes on, um, which I actually thought at that time it might be for Ryan Kent. I know Ryan Kent stays on and gets the goal. But I think we're bringing two guys. We're bringing uh, Sakala on um, for a guy that likes to be on the left. Matondo likes to be on the left. I thought it was a perfect opportunity to give one of them a go on the left. Um, but I was also a bit surprised that, that Yilmaz didn't get any chance today when Gio doesn't really seem to fancy fashion at all. And then he's just, it, it's almost like, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, he just spun the bottle on the bench to see who was coming <laughs> on. But it, it seemed strange to me that after talking Yilmaz up in the press conferences, he's, he's not giving him a, a shout today. That'll be interesting because... I don't know if they'll have the balls to throw Yilmaz in at Anfield, but you've spent five million quid on a left-back who you've obviously bought to be your first choice. Barisic up to now has been Johnny Average, but has looked good because of the poorness of the Dells round about him. But for me today, I thought, I thought Barisic was back to his torrid worst today. See, he got away with it. He probably got away with it more because of been to 10 men, but see the amount of things... A simple one-two beats him, and he's just left standing still. Yeah, yeah. First does man, that, yeah. Does, does man nothing. But I, Yomas, the day was the perfect opportunity to give him 30, 30 minutes, give him forty-five minutes, just to let him gun and play because you were two nothing up at half-time playing ten men. So at that point, I'm looking for your five million pound man to get a shot. Also on the Sakara thing. I've been vocal. Sakara brings the numbers. He does. He, he scores goals. He sets goals up. He runs. He's positive. And the fact he came on the day was surprising because Gio doesn't seem to fancy him at all mm. for whatever reason. And 
and then again to bring back the positivity Gio's a genius because I myself would have took Kent off and he's ended up scoring the goal that hopefully will reignite his confidence a wee bit so listen Gio is a genius <laughs> yeah I mean Kent just on Scala then I mean listen I've, I've not been Scala's biggest fan mainly because of the whole I think when we brought him in he, he got labelled with this sort of label that he's he got labeled with the label that's awful um he got labeled as raw but he was sort of 24 25 i don't think you can really be raw at that age because you know you've already got your standard your your level that you can only really improve on i don't think you can be raw and and get better at 25 that said he's very direct you know a lot of the guys don't know what he's going to do i don't think he knows what he's going to do after time but you know he, he can he's so quick that he can create that little bit of space for himself he can get shots away he almost Creates a goal for, for Davis that um, would have been offside, but I was a bit frustrated that Davis didn't pass that to Tavernier at the same time. Um, so, you know, he, he has a bit of a, maybe not an X factor, but a bit of a, a bit of a confusing factor, I think, for the opposition when he comes on. Um, so I think he is worth having around the team, at least for the time being, while we don't have that many options in attack. Um, but, you know, like, Ross said, is it just a bit surprising that that's the guy we, we go to and, and maybe not Yilmaz to, to get some uh, to get some minutes in? I think as I think Yilmaz deserves some minutes. I mean, he's still got time and he said he's signed a five-year deal, but to me it's still, it's just kind of weeks so I don't know if Gio wanted him here in the first place. Uh, so it does, I don't know if Gio, it was Gio's player he brought in, it would have came for somebody else. Fashion, We've seen him starting games, especially in Europe, where he just he's clueless, but he can run for a game, especially in the SPL. He actually does really well, and he, he should have had an assist today because Melo should have scored for the cutback. Mm. But he does offer things, and he can create, and he can finish. Europe, I think, is above him. I think he's not good enough for European games, but in the SPL, he can do a job. We see him score goals. We see him set things up. And maybe not starting games, but I think maybe when teams are getting tired and stuff like that, he can come on because he's got a bit of pace about him and he's direct. And you kind of dislike the guy just because he's infectious with his smile and he seems a really nice guy and you want him to do well. So, I don't know. I just think, I, I agree with you, I don't think Gio does rate him. So, I was surprised to come on myself, but I think it was a case of he just wanted to bring somebody else on and he looked at the bench and says, right, you're not coming on, so I'll go to you. Because I think you all should have come on, but it's a shame for a lot of kids. He's been here for a while. Even if he's took time selling into the country, at least find one a football park because that's what he's been brought for, and that's probably where he feels happiest. Yeah, well, so, I mean, just the last thing on Sakana, then. Uh, as much as I, I've sort of said in the bars, I don't think he's good enough, Rangers. It might be worth this guy having having around because he's, he is, you know, all things considered, and, and, and from what comes out of certain people, we, we don't know for sure, but. He is a sort of cheap option. He's not on a massive wage at the club. You know, he's got that electric pace. So he probably is worth having around as a squad player. I look at an Angel's leg end, right? And Nacho Novo, who was very similar, erratic. Most of the time he didn't know what he was doing. But, and he played in a much better Rangers team than the one we've got the new and scored goals and made assists and missed sitters and riled people up and he was like Marmite to the support. But he was given the time and the, the chance to go and to go and play in that team. I think that you don't you don't score sixteen goals in the Belgian league if you're a diddy. 
right? I think that we can agree on that. You don't you don't score sixteen league goals in that league if you're if you're rotten. But it comes down to the manager. See if the manager doesn't fancy you. We've all seen players. We've all seen teams. If you've played the game, you've played by players who are brilliant, but the manager just doesn't fancy them. And that seems to be the case here. Uh, I think he's worth having about. Anybody? What did, they, did they score 12 goals or something last season? Yeah, Am I right in yeah. saying that? Yeah. So 12, 12 goals for somebody who predominantly played off the bench, off the, the right or the left-hand side, never really got a shot through the middle, scored as many goals against Celtic as Morelos has in much less games. So you can't tell me that the guy's not worth a shot, but that's my opinion. At the end of the day, the guy who's sticking the magnets on the, the team sheet board and the dressing room is Van Bronckhurst, and if Sakara's number's not on it, then there's no any there's no any point in us keeping going on and on and on about it, even though we love to. Because we don't, we're not the guy that's getting paid to make the decisions. Um, and what we are saying is, based on a fan's opinion, he sees he sees what's happening in training. But again, the wee guy looks to me like the type of person who gives his all every day on the training field. He looks as if he looks after his cell. He's in peak condition. Um, and do you know what? He's one of the wee guys that, that appreciates the life he's been given. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what's infectious about him. See all his mm. wee things don't die. And I remember when he first came, he posted a picture and it was like him and he must have been like 16, 17 and he was still playing on mud parks back in Zambia or whatever. Like, so that wee guy is going to give his all because he just appreciates the life he's been yeah. gave. And I, I don't think you can have too many people at about because that's an example to younger players as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think RM just sort of echoed that. You know, we only see what happens in the park. We don't see the bigger picture. We don't see training. So we can argue all the all we want about players that should or shouldn't start, but we don't see what they what they offer. Um, so final thoughts didn't care. You know, good good performance overall. 4 0 win. We'd have all taken that before the game started, I think, because I think, you know, a few of us, especially, you know, myself, I wasn't that confident. You weren't even that confident, Karen. You're like, you know, the peak of optimism for this, for this <laughs> Um so we, we definitely take it, but just just touching on on the Liverpool game coming up. Um, how how are you feeling going into that? What what's your thoughts? My feeling is I'm hoping I can find somebody to watch it while while in Sorrento, but uh, I'm I'm not confident. I know a lot of people are losing the day, but I'm not confident. A lot of people's team, the team they've got compared to us, they should beat us end the day, man for man, need a better side, but. You can never say never, but I just hope we don't get a pasting. Do you know what I mean? I think that would maybe destroy a bit of confidence. I just hope we don't, I don't I hope we make a good, hope we give a good show of ourselves and we go there. And I don't want to go there and sit, but I'd rather go there and just get a good show. Show what I made on. If we get beat, we get beat, but don't just sit back and take a pasting. I think that would destroy my confidence. Yeah, Ross, what about you? I mean, is it just, you know, as long as we can defend some set pieces and we'll walk all over them? I think today becomes the blueprint for the way we play. If Gio wants to have his two sitters, have your two sitters, but allow the allow us to go and play in the final third with the people who excel in the positions, which is our fullbacks. So if we go and play and and we go and have a go, because in Europe, Tav and Bomber have created some amount of goals for us. The other two players we've got who actually want to get 
in at the back post and score. They're naturally more, well, Tav, I'm saying the bomber, isn't he? But Tav is, he's your guy who wants to get in at the back post. So see if we, I, I'm quite happy because see if we played the way we did today and go and take that to Anfield, take that to Parkhead, take it to Napoli, take it wherever. If he wants to play two sitters, that's fine. But you've now found the tweak that's worked. You've comfortably beat the third best team in the league 4-0. So go use that as a blueprint. Start playing with that. Let us be more attacking whilst still having the two sitters. And I'll be happy as Larry. Yeah. That's a great point to sign off on. I think we'll leave it there. Um, you know, we're, but we're back tomorrow, everyone, uh, for the the members' show on a, on a Sunday night, which is always good fun. So if you're not a member, become one because it's really good. No, uh, you know, you get you get some little perks, so it's, it's always worth it. But we appreciate you just sort of being along and watching anyway. Um, I have also seen a few little bits of the comments, guys, and and that everyone has an opinion. And, and they can differ from each other. It doesn't really matter if it does. It's, as long as it's not abusive, as long as it's not, you know, you don't need to go after anyone after it. At the end of the day, we all support Rangers and we all want us to do well. You know, we all have some shocking opinions and, and you know, Ross is the most negative guy on the planet, but we don't we don't um, abuse people. So as long as we keep that up, then it's fine. Opinions are going to be football. Doesn't That's matter. it. That's Nobody's it. right, so, nobody's wrong. But um, thanks everyone for joining us as always. And we will see you tomorrow. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.